0: It's time for the only in Cartersville, Bartow podcast brought to you by the destination marketing organization for the city of Cartersville and Bartow County, only in Cartersville, Bartow tourism. This podcast is where you'll learn what's going on in and around Cartersville and Bartow County. Cartersville, Georgia is an all American city that truly is the embodiment of small town Southern charm with some sophisticated surprises. On today's episode, we'll dig deep into the rich history of mining in Cartersville. The geology of the area is unique because of the many riches found in its soil.
1: And the natural iron oxide that is produced in the Cartersville mining district, which, by the way, is the only place in the continental U.S., in fact, in the western hemisphere, where natural iron oxide is produced that has a buff color.
0: You can find almost anything if you know where to look, including gold. We'll learn about the significance of the Cooper's Iron Works historic site.
2: Visionaries came here and saw the richness of the ores, and so they took advantage of the railroad coming and built mining operations because they could ship their ores out.
0: And the history of the mining in the town of Etowah. The town is right behind the Altoona Dam underwater. And we'll take a spin down a Cartersville disc golf course that wouldn't exist without the deep mining history of the land.
3: And you can see the claw marks on the side of those hills where they dug that dirt out.
0: First, we're joined by a walking, talking history book of Cartersville mining and a man that's not afraid to get a little dirt under his fingernails.
1: My name is Stan Bearden. I'm a geologist. And I've just completed my professional career of 40-plus years working for a local mining company that's called New Riverside Ochre Company. We are one of probably 20 to 30 companies mining ochre in the Cartersville Mining District, but we're the only one that survived. The others have gone out of the business or we have acquired them. Our history of mining in the Cartersville Mining District is colorful and long, and it has not ended. It will continue.
3: Down in
1: the Cartersville Mining District is blessed in that we've got those commodities in the ground that have supported jobs and businesses for 200 years. The 200 year activity started with the exodus of the Cherokee Indian nation that resulted in the Trail of Tears. At that time, the Indian nation already knew where these deposits of gold and iron oxide were. They used those. But when the Europeans, those of us who are in the mining industry got involved and the culture changed and advanced with technologies, Other minerals were needed and they were identified, thankfully, in the Cartersville Mining District. It's
4: absolutely fascinating that there's this rich of a mining history in Cartersville, and it seems that nobody really knows about it, yet it was your entire career.
1: That is correct. Not just mine, but there have been thousands of people working throughout the years in the mining industry, and they're high-paying, quality jobs. And we try to be discreet because mining is an evasive industry. Nobody wants to have a mine in their backyard. And we appreciate that and respect that. So we try to keep a low profile so that our impact is not disruptive to our society. That's probably one of the reasons why everyone is not aware of it.
4: Now, what kind of economic impact has the mining industry in Cartersville had?
1: To make it valuable... The rocks, the soil, the minerals that occur have no value until they are processed. The fancy word for that is beneficiation. Beneficiation is a term that is all encompassing of what happens to rocks and minerals and dirt from the point they're mined until they're sold. The economic impact has been tremendous. Of the 200 years since the Trilliteers, The ores that I mentioned earlier of gold, iron, manganese, bauxite, barite, ochre, and crushed stone, and the natural iron oxide that is produced in the Cartersville Mining District, which, by the way, is the only place in the continental U.S., in fact, in the western hemisphere, where natural iron oxide is produced— That has a buff color.
4: That to me is fascinating that Cartersville and Bartow County is home to some place that produces something so specific that nowhere else in the Western Hemisphere produces it. Gold mining was started by the, the Cherokee Nation when they were here. And then it is no longer being mined in Cartersville. But could a regular person run across some gold? in cartersville and bartow county
1: yes they can most of the mines that were active starting in sometime prior to 1832 were mined by locals but you've probably heard of the great california gold rush of 1849 richer deposits were found in california and other western states and the miners who were active in gold from Dahlonega and from Cartersville chased that gold out west, which resulted in the California gold rush of 1849. Those deposits are now submerged under Lake Alatoona. But there are people who enjoy the hobbies of panning for gold, and that can be done still today along the area of the Pumpkin Vine Creek Formation. It's named after the Pumpkin Vine Creek. And if one were to drive in an automobile from cartersville or even from white georgia southward towards atlanta if you look on the sides of the road into the tree line you won't see any rocks on the side of the road but bam when you get to emerson all of a sudden you can see rocks on the shoulder of the road what you have done once you first see those rocks exposed you have crossed the Emerson Talladega Fault. Hmm. So the location of these ore deposits are dictated by geology. So one has to really understand the geologic history to know where to pan for gold or to mine for bear-eyed and ochre.
0: The Cartersville Mining District is filled with all types of geological finds.
5: My name is Barry Wright. I'm a descendant of Mark Cooper. Um, I'm a retired banker and the family historian, for lack of a better phrase, uh, and ended up with almost all the Cooper family history, which is why I was able to come up with all this information.
0: If you're going to talk about the Cooper Ironworks Historic Site, you'll first have to know about the Cooper family.
5: Well, the history of the family, they arrived in Georgia uh, in the late, late 1700s. Major Cooper, the gentleman in question, was born in 1800 on, and grew up in Eatonton, Georgia, and his house he built is still there. He was a lawyer, and Major Cooper got extremely interested in the iron furnace and Moses, for that matter, and the local area because even then they knew the cartersville Bartow County area was a remarkable find of minerals of all sorts of types. I mean it, it it is remarkable uh in, in Northwest Georgia because it is almost unique in what it has. And so uh, the the Major Cooper got interested and bought a half interest in Moses Stroops Stamp Creek Mill and moved up to Carnageville. And this was around eighteen forty two, I think. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he became interested in starting his own mill. And he and Moses then went together and started building um, the the, the iron foundry in what would become Etowah, Georgia. Um, He ended up buying 12,000 acres of land.
4: You're talking about a city of Etowah, Georgia, a town of Etowah, Georgia. Where right. is that town now?
5: The town is right behind the Altoona Dam underwater.
4: So it's completely at the bottom of the lake?
5: It's completely at the... They, basically, the dam is built between two hills, a major hill called Mount Moses after Moses' Stroop, and Mount Leroy uh, gets one of his other partners, Leroy Wiley. And literally, the dam... Is built there, and, and what's even more fascinating is there was discussions for about building that dam from the late 1800s multiple times up until it was finally built. This that when it was finally built was about the fourth time when there had been a concerted effort to build it because it was in such a unique location to provide water power. So so that's another one of those interesting stories that not many people know about. So
4: your family started this this ironworks business there in Bartow County and then it ended up getting flooded by the Corps of Engineers to create. But what did it do before that? Before it was flooded? How many people were okay. working there in in, well, how many about, in about, the town? about about
5: about 40,000 people live there. Like I said it had a flour mill it had barrel factories for the flour and for the 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 iron itself was shipped all over the United States. Nails, railroad spikes, barrels—the st- uh, iron around barrels. He also made the railroad um, uh, tracks. In fact, he built. If you if you know those two stone, throw three stone. Uh, things over as you go down 41 towards Atlanta that crossed the Etowah, if you've been down that way. That was his, his, he paid for and built the railroad from Etowah to Cartersville so he could get his stuff on the major railways, which were in Cartersville and Kingston. And he knew how to do this. And this is another interesting thing because he was one of the original founders of the Western and Atlantic Railroad business when he was living in Eaton, so he knew
0: how to do all this stuff. Bartow County was a mining town. Over the years, the gifts of the land did help it transform into what we know today. It didn't happen overnight.
2: My name is Joe Head, and I'm a native of Bartow County. Um, I am also uh, retired from Kennesaw State University and the university system with 40 years of experience. But uh, currently in my retirement, I'm the vice president for the Etowah Valley Historical Society here in Bartow County and have been with the Historical Society for about two decades and have done a great deal of research about various topics, including mining and the old iron furnaces here in Bartow County. Bartow County was originally called Cass County, and it, it was really a frontier it was known as the wilderness and frontier, and people moved here because of the three three different regional provinces, and there was money to be made, and uh, there was uh, rich agricultural land. So you had a diversity of interest, and and entrepreneurs moved here to take advantage of the um, ores, and the railroad was rising at about that time in the state of Georgia. The the Western Atlantic was being Designed, built, and what have you, from Atlanta to Chattanooga. And the, some of these visionaries came here and saw the richness of the ores, and so they took advantage of the railroad coming and built mining operations because they could ship their ores out on the back of the Western Atlantic Railroad. And the word got out, uh, people moved here, and, and Bartow County became a mining county without doubt, and then an ultimate agriculture and, and other ventures surface, So it was very important uh, for futurists, people here in the state of Georgia uh, to, and they like the climate as well, and the water, the quality of the water and the climate was very attractive. So they came here and, we, and, and they mined for 120 to 40 years uh, before it, it ceased.
4: Let's connect um, the mining history to what we have today. Now, can you draw the line from the history of mining to the TELUS Science Museum for me?
2: Well, from uh, what, I, I uh, would say that this was an enormously popular mining site, and it, it really thrived for about 120 years. Matter of fact, there were about, according to my research and some interns that I work with with Kennesaw State, we uncovered 140 plus mining operations, corporations that um, extracted ores from here, various ores, and the there were a number of, of um, very popular, very uh, successful mining operations here, but two, in, in fact, were uh, the Wineman, the Thompson and Weinman Company and the New Riverside Ochre Company uh, that probably are the iconic operations that were here. There, there are two others I could mention, but uh, many of them were um, short-term, but many were also bought out by others. But the two standing giants at the end were the Weinman Company and New Riverside Ochre, and, and today the New Riverside Ochre is the last man standing although we do have a, a very um, a successful granite uh, operation going on, mining operation in Vulcan Enterprises that are that is here. So uh, Wineman, Thompson and Wyman eventually went out of business, uh, but but they were really bought out by uh, uh, the New Riverside Ochre Company. And there was such a legacy for the Wyman family that uh, they were honored by Uh, a museum that actually they helped fund. They had other contributors toward it. So a museum was erected and it was called the Weinman Mineral Museum. And then eventually, um, in the uh, 2000, I guess 9, I think it was, the TELUS Museum was established by another benefactor. And it was the science museum, various types of sciences from motor power to geology and and, uh, astronomy and so forth, uh, even dinosaurs. And so they uh, proposed to incorporate the the Weinman Mineral Museum into the TELUS. So it still lives today. There is a section of that museum that continues to honor the Weinman family.
4: For somebody who, who just doesn't quite grasp all the history, what is it in a nutshell that is so important about Bartow County and the mining history here that people need to know?
2: Well, I'd go back to its beginning uh, when Bartow was, was first noticed and discovered that from the old Cherokee territory, it was gold, but then they discovered the variety and the ampleness of the ores that were here. And because of that, and as I mentioned, the, the rich agriculture, Bartow became known from Cass County to Bartow County, became known as the Empire County of Georgia because there was so much opportunity here. And in fact, in the late 1800s, 1800, 1890, 1900, the state geologist, after doing a thorough review of the ores and resources in the state of Georgia, declared that. Bartow County, Cass County, was the origin of the mining iron ore business in Georgia that originated on the Upper Stamp Creek. His declaration of that uh, further interested people to, to move here and uh, benefit from the mining richness that, that was here. So it went from the gold to the variety of, of, of ores that were here, particularly iron ore, and the the uh, recognition and, and PR that Bartow County got from around the state within the newspapers at the time. Of course, it didn't necessarily have radio and, and text and Facebooks we do today. But they came moved here to benefit from the mining industry. This was the backbone and the railroad was the backbone of industry here in Bartow County.
0: Of all the things the miners of Cartersville and Bartow County could have dreamed the land was eventually going to be used for, there was no way they could have imagined disc golf.
3: Well, I'm Sam Barfield, and I live in Ackworth, and I've been playing disc golf since 2012. When I turned 60 years old, I started playing disc golf, and I got involved with it because I was looking for some type of activity that I could play that was outdoors to get some exercise, and that's what made me start playing in about two thousand and fourteen, I went to the Corps of Engineers about building a course on some of their property and After a couple of weeks, they gave me a call back and said, "Yes, we'd like to put one in at Riverside Park right there on the Etowah River so right after that, we had a partnership between the two of us and between the Corps of Engineers and myself, and we started the disc golf course there. And it's located in the Riverside Park there on the Etowah River. Two of the holes are right there on the river. Two of the baskets and the tee pads are right there where you can, if you make an errant throw, you could end up in the river. But the course is built back up through the mountain there, and it goes over and up the side of them there's one hole that is probably one of the most photographed disc golf holes in the southeast and it's hole four and it's it's situated on the side of a hill right at the entrance to a rock overhang that looks that looks like a cave and that's what everybody calls it is the cave hole but the course there on the etowah has really been a popular destination for disc golfers not just local But a lot of people traveling up and down I-75, it's located at a convenient off-ramp. just a couple of miles from the off-ramp there that you would get off to go to Red Top Mountain. And so a lot of them see the rating that the course itself has, which is a high rating, and they like to play that course. And I see people from out of state there at the course quite often, almost weekly probably. The other thing that the course has, has other uh, amenities or facilities there. It has the restrooms, it has pavilions, picnic tables, everything that a family could also use. So there's a lot of times that you'll see just guys playing together, but then uh, just as often you'll see families or couples playing the disc golf course also.
4: Do you ever find yourself... In awe of the history you're surrounded by when you're out there on the Etowah disk golf course?
3: What is something is is to see that that used to be the riverbed. And then as you're going up holes six and seven, this area is a flat area between two mountains or two, uh, well, I guess they would be called mountains because of how high they are. But as you're going up through there, you can see the, the dig out on the sides of it where the Cranes came in there. So you got to think in the 40s what type of equipment they had, is that they had the type cranes that had the big, long cables. And you can see the claw marks on the side of those hills where they dug that dirt out. And that dirt was used to build the road and all to get up there to the dam on that side. Also in that area, you'll end up seeing old cables, the big one, two-inch type. Diameter type cables that are just there. You'll catch a glimpse that they're buried down up under the ground, but you'll see pieces of it uh, of where of that. As you go on up there, there's on hole nine. There's a hole and nobody knows what that hole is. It's just a it's a shallow hole, probably six to eight feet deep, but it's lined with rocks. Just filled in with rocks. And then you can go on up a little bit higher on hole 10, and there's an old home place. And you can see how the root cellar was dug out there. And there's old, old bricks that you see. And every once in a while, you'll find a piece of pottery or something that's just broken off of, I guess, dishes or whatever that was used back then. The old old roadbed and you can you can just barely tell what the old roadbed that has not been driven in I mean how long sixty, seventy years but you can tell that where the old roadbed was at that time down in my.
0: from mining iron ore and gold to flooding a town to disc golf this is just one story of the amazing history of cartersville thanks for listening to only in cartersville bartow brought to you by the destination marketing organization for the city of cartersville and bartow county only in cartersville bartow tourism to find out more about Cartersville and Bartow County, go to visitcartersvillega.org or call 770-387-1357. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group, all rights reserved.